doors, you kick down walls. And anyone who tells you, you can't, you take your fears, your insecurities, your worries, you roll them all up into a ball, you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up the candy app. Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy-washy motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. What's going on? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. I am your host, Fitness Informant Founder, CEO Ryan Buckeye. Great episode this week, and there's a lot of stuff obviously going on as this podcast comes out. We are in the midst of one of the biggest crises, crises in the world at this point under the coronavirus, which has impacted the world, but obviously it's impacted our industry here in fitness and dietary supplements and everything and all of the above. So as we sit today, as you guys are listening to this recording, it is middle of March 2020, gyms are closed, fitness expos have been canceled, postponed, including the Arnold, FIBO, Body Power. But one fitness expo, one fitness show, which is the Super Bowl of bodybuilding called the Olympia, you may have heard of it, stemming from Las Vegas, Nevada, this September is still full steam ahead. We bring in Dan Solomon. He is the head of the Olympia. He also runs Muscle and Fitness Magazine. He is side-by-side uh, side the new owner of the Olympia, Jake Wood, and they are full steam ahead planning accordingly for this year's event. And we brought Dan on to talk about this year's event because I think a lot of people right now are going super stir-crazy. They have no idea how long this whole phenomenon is going to last, myself included, to the point where I went out and bought myself a home gym from Omni Fitness here in Chanhassen, Minnesota, bought a power rack, bar, adjustable bench, plates, everything. Uh, went out and bought bands, bought a platform, looking into buying an elliptical because honestly, we just don't know how long this, this shutdown is going to last. Now, gyms across the country are shutting down one uh, state by state. Most of them have been shut down already. Some are still open, which is shocking to me. If you are in a state where your gym is still open, by all means, take advantage of that. If not, improvise. Look at our Instagram channel, we've been doing a lot of at-home stuff, and so is everybody else in this space. So this podcast is a special one because it'll be one people go back and listen to and be like, oh, that was during that time when the, the time of uncertainty. People have no idea. Listen, for me personally, I think that this is going to last maybe the entire summer of 2020, which is absolutely crazy. So in my state, Minnesota, they shut down non-essential businesses in terms of restaurant, bars, fitness center, theaters, middle of March. Not expected to reopen until the earliest of April 1st. I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens at all. Hence why I went out and spent the money on a home gym because honestly, this is what I need. Obviously, it also impacted the bodybuilding world in terms of the MPC canceling all bodybuilding shows through May 10th, which just so happened to uh, encompass my show on May 9th. So I've been training. I've been on prep for 31 fucking weeks, a long time, and then my show gets canceled. So... For me and those of you listening, we are doing a photo shoot April 4th, and that is it. Then I'm going to go back to eating pizza and whatever the hell else I want to do. But um, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So if you are finding some solidarity in this podcast, Dan's a great guest, talks about the Olympia, talks about everything going on, talks about the attendance, because I think that is a, uh, something that is widely misunderstood. People just assume the attendance at the Olympia is down. People assume that the Olympia is dying. People assume that the Olympia's biggest competitive threat is Athleticon in October by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia. Well, Dan actually talks about that. And we go into detail about his relationship with The Rock, his relationship with Danny Garcia, his relationship with the Lorimer family, which runs the Arnold. And it's very interesting. And it's going to be surprising, I think, to some of you to realize the type of relationship that Dan and crew at the Olympia have with people. Um, it'll be a, an interesting year. If the Olympia happens, it'll be the first major event within bodybuilding because everything in between has been since postponed or canceled at this point with everything post-Olympia in terms of the calendar. So 
Um, you know, I'm excited about it. You guys can buy your tickets now over at the Mr. Olympia website. Uh, obviously, I think people might be winning because of the uncertainty, but brands, if you're looking to exhibit at the Olympia, you can reach out. Um, they, they obviously are selling space as if everything is going to be taken care of. And, and, and at that point, September, hopefully everything is. But our goal for you here at FI is keep in mind that we encompass your entire fitness journey from A to Z. So we're not just dietary supplements. We're not just workouts. We have recipes. We have nutrition guides. We have fitness articles, tips and tricks. We have everything to help guide you through your fitness and health journey. That's really what FI has been created on, to create a platform of free educational content in which you guys can be uh, educated free education. So that way, when you approach your fitness and health and wellness journey, you do it from an informed point of view, whether it's dietary supplements, nutrition, workouts, etc. We have you covered. Uh, and I'm super, super proud of the new sector of the website, our recipe section, where we have videos. And you may have seen those overhead videos before on some of the websites or some of the social media channels. We have that now. We're making healthy variations of desserts, healthy entrees that you people can make at home because a lot of people are locked in their homes right now. You need to eat. That's one thing you need to do. You cannot not eat. If you aren't working out because they closed your gym, that's your choice, but you still need to eat. And here's an opportunity to eat some of the things that most people eat, but in a healthy perspective or a healthy twist. And that's what we do. Head over to fitnessinformant.com for that. Also, we are doing a 60-second supplement rundown each and every Friday on our Instagram and Facebook. If you guys are looking for the biggest supplement news of the week, you can get that recap in 60 seconds. It's pretty quick, to the point, uh, featuring yours truly. So I'm going to uh, shut up and get Dan Salomon over here and talk about the Olympics. We had a great 40-minute conversation. I hope people are excited for it this year. Obviously, we don't know the status of Kai Green. We don't know the status of Phil Heath. We don't know the status of Sean Roden, who won the 2018 Mr. Olympia and has not been back. But we do know that Brandon Curry is going to be back. We do know that William Bonac, who just won the Arnold, will be back. We do know that Big Rami will be back. So it'll be an interesting year for the Mr. Olympia. Uh, we do know Shaquille O'Neal is going to be there, other celebrities. And I think Dan and Jake and the entire crew at Muscle and Fitness or at, you know, obviously um, the Olympia has some really cool stuff in store. So without further ado, this is Dan Salomon, head of the Olympia, head of Muscle and Fitness. Let's go. The new Gatorade is finally here, and I want to talk about the main difference between Gatorade and the old unicorn formula. Now, the huge difference is all in the essential amino acids. Now, there are a total of nine essential amino acids. BCAAs are three of the nine, and then there's the other six. Now, in our old unicorn formula, we had 1,250 milligrams of the other six EAAs. Now we have a grand total of 4,000 milligrams of essential amino acids. Now you're probably thinking, what exactly does that mean? Now EAAs are actually more efficient at providing the energy necessary for muscles to grow pre, intra, and post-workout. And in times of dieting or any time that you're just under physical stress like when you're training, essential amino acids are actually better at creating an anabolic environment and maintaining a high state of muscle protein synthesis. That damn door. Let's hit these people with some knowledge. Slap everybody in the ass with some knowledge on Ray's energy. Fact number one, we have neurotropics added to ours. Alpha GPC and tyrosine. These are active ingredients that actually pass the blood-brain barrier and calls for efficient focus. Next is caffeine. We're the only energy drink company that uses two different forms of caffeine. Caffeine citrate to hit you fast and caffeine anhydrous to hit you slow. Got any pee? Oh, you dropped it. What don't we want? We don't want wrinkles. Sugar causes wrinkles, and that's what we do not want. We have zero sugar in our raised energy. We also have the lowest count of sodium out of all the energy drinks on the market. Make sure you stop and pick up your raised energy and demand more. This is your personal invitation to the Red Con 1 Alpha Team, our new exclusive subscription program. Enjoy members-only access to the Alpha Team Apparel Collection, priority customer service privileges, early shopping on major deals, exclusive flavor selections, and a whole lot more. This is your opportunity to become a Redcon 1 VIP. There's limited spots available, so go to redcon1.com and sign up today.
nicely. Dude, that's freaking sick! Oh, let's go! Oh, oh, it does work! No more confetti cake! Cinco de Drinko. Ricky, Ricky, do you know what this is? Look at this! Fast forward two weeks and we'll be sitting in it. What's up guys and girls, welcome back inside the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. If you're watching via YouTube across the screen from me, his name is Dan Solomon. And if you don't know who he is, you should because he is um, the man who is making a lot of noise in Vegas around September. It's the biggest bodybuilding event in the world called the Mr. Olympia, you may have heard of it. Dan, what's up dude, how are you? Brian, it's good to be here. How you, hold, you holding it down? You uh, I am. staying away from germs and... Uh... Keeping, uh, keeping your distance. I am. Well, here's the deal, right? Like you and I both love fitness. It's what we do. The day that they started shutting things down, I went out and bought myself a home gym, built it up. There's no reason for me to ever go back to a gym again. Literally in the next room, um, I have everything I need, which is fantastic. Without the gym, I would go crazy. I feel like you're the same way. It's funny. There's all these different sectors in the stock market, right? And everybody's oh. trying to figure out how they should invest to take advantage. If there was a sector or a, a fund that was geared towards indoor fitness equipment, that would be the place to invest, right? Because everybody is uh, loaded up. Hopefully, it'll have a real positive impact on people's lives because um, to have a gym in your home is, is a tremendous luxury. And uh, I know the gym owners uh, don't want to hear about it, but uh, it's certainly not a bad thing for all of us to be set up to be able to train in case of emergency break glass, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, right? September is not that far away either. I mean, right now we're recording this. It's middle of March. These competitors, these athletes who are going to participate in the Mr. Olympia, obviously you guys extended the qualification period too, which we'll talk about here in a, in a bit. But, I mean, they need something. And, uh, you know, they have to train and stay on top too. It's, it's, so it's, it's a struggle for everybody involved in this sport and in, this, in what we do. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're getting ready for the Olympia or getting ready for that cruise that you've been planning with your family that, well, suddenly you're probably not taking at this point. Right. But uh, we all have uh, dates on the calendar that we circle. And, uh, yeah, this whole situation is kind of – turned everybody upside down, but uh, I just hope everybody out there is doing the right things, being safe. And, uh, I know this is your classic. I know it's a, it's a cliche. We've said it over and over, but we truly are all in this together. It's a very unique dynamic. I live in South Florida and from time to time we'll have these hurricanes and that'll kind of force us mm -hmm. to hunker down for a few days. Um, but then of course that only affects us. Right. Uh, then you have fires out in California and that affects those on the West coast and every part of the world has their thing. This is so unusual because this particular scenario, it affects really everybody on the planet. So um, yeah. we really are doing this together. And uh, it's just important that we all stay in contact and kind of keep our spirits up and keep, keep being productive. 100%. And let's start right away with the gorilla in the room, the monkey in the room, like the Mr. Olympia 2020 full steam ahead, correct? Yeah, we're, uh, we're locked in. We have, uh, you know, we're inside of six months to the event, and uh, we have a, a lot planned. The planning for the event has started a long time ago, and, uh, of course, um, the Olympia is a very multifaceted event. We have mm -hmm. a, a major convention center expo that takes place at the Las Vegas Convention Center, and then, of course, our big arena production. The Olympia is the only um, fitness or bodybuilding championship in the world that's held at an arena, so it carries a, a whole different level of preparation and production and budgeting and all sorts of strategy that goes into that. But our team is locked in. We're ready. We got a lot of big things planned. We're, right. We have a lot of cool momentum coming off of 2019. So yeah. uh, we're well positioned and, uh, and the lineup is taking shape. So we're excited about it. I know, of course, the big question on everybody's mind is how these circumstances in the world are going to impact the Olympia. Look, the reality is I want to start by just giving a tremendous um, – a tremendous set of, uh, I guess, some words of support, rather, for what just went on in Columbus. Yeah, man. And everybody involved in that. You know, Bob Lorimer and Jim Lorimer and Arnold and their team, you know, while we were in Columbus, we met with them and we talked with them about some of those challenges. And uh, I can tell you this. I know what it's like to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and go to bed at midnight and think about nothing except for one week out of the year, right? The entire you know, 51 weeks. It's all we think about when you're in this business. And I can't even imagine what it was like for that whole team to be met with these circumstances. Um, it's something we don't wish upon our worst enemies. It's right. a really, really unfortunate thing. It affects so many people, families, vendors, businesses. It just, it, the list of people who are impacted by it, it's, it's very long, but uh, I think they probably in the end made the right decision. They did mm -hmm. what they had to do. 
But uh, man, not an easy situation. And my heart goes out to everybody involved with that situation and really everybody around the world who is being affected by this in so yeah. many different ways. It's just, uh, it's, it's it, there's no words really for how far this has reached. Let's start there because I like a lot of people think the Olympia and the Arnold are competitors and maybe to an extent they are, but you guys have a great relationship. Obviously you were in Columbus, you were there supporting what they were doing. How much do you and the Laura Moore family speak, talk, converse about this sport and about your businesses? It's a great question. And to answer your question a lot, and it's very positive. I will say this much. One of the most misunderstood parts of what we all do, especially those of us who are in the event business, I oversee the Olympia. I also oversee Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the Olympia and all these other, there's big events. I know um, Shaquille O'Neal has an event he's putting on in August. Um, Dwayne Johnson has an event that Mm -hmm. uh, he's putting on in October. Arnold puts on an event in March. We all support each other. Yep. Uh, a lot of times the fans, they try to almost kind of manufacture this rivalry like that. You know, we somehow are rooting against each other or we're being pitted against each other. But that couldn't be further from the truth. It, it truly is a situation where all of our successes impact each other. It's critical that the Arnold succeeds and that the trade show model works so that exhibitors want to continue to participate and support these events and then come to the Olympia. Um, the event that Dwayne Johnson's putting on in October, it's important that that event is successful yep. because we want him to introduce our industry to new audiences, new sponsors, new exhibitors, new advertisers, and we want them to take a look around in this world and say, hey, love what you have here. Now we want to support the Olympia or the Arnold. So it truly is a very supportive um, highly synergized community, more so than I think people realize. That's awesome. I think that's good for people to hear because you're right, this fabrication, right? So using Dwayne Johnson, for example, he was involved with you guys in Vegas for several years, then gone, yep. and people started making up the story like there was a falling out, and that's why he's doing this thing in October. Um, you know, it, it's... I like to hear you say that you want him to succeed because what they're doing in Atlanta is something completely different than what you're doing in Vegas, like the three on three basketball, UFC, whatever they're doing. A lot of new eyes could come to this sport and people can appreciate what we do as athletes and what, what you got going on in Vegas being the Super Bowl, if you will, of bodybuilding. Well, the entire infrastructure, the competitive landscape of the NPC and the IFBB professional league, it's all built around the concept of getting to the Olympia stage. Mm -hmm. Um, the entire qualification system, the entire sort of model, it all leads to the Olympia. And um, that's something that um, Jim Mannion and his team and all of us at the Olympia, we all work very hard to sort of build this, almost this economy around the journey toward the Olympia. Um, There is no threat to the Olympia. The Olympia is sort of the preeminent world championship of professional bodybuilding, fitness, physique, figure, bikini, and all that sort of thing. And um, so that's not going to change now or in the future. And um, which, of course, leads us to uh, the acquisition. You know, we were just acquired. and I'm sure you want to talk about that, but we'll get to that. But I I can tell you right now um, that there is a lot of collaboration and a lot of support. And uh, the Olympia, it's in a really good place. There's a lot of really fun things happening around it and a lot of really – Big time people and things that have become a part of the whole Olympia experience and our overall production. So uh, you're going to see some pretty uh, exciting things come September. Yeah, I want to talk about the paradigm shift because I think for a while um, the Olympia, I wouldn't say struggled, but I think they kind of were trying to figure out what to do, right? You came in last year. Mark Wahlberg was there. Other celebrities were there. Uh, The event itself, the, the championship event on Saturday, I believe was sold out or standing room only. It was really busy. But we here, at least me on my side, I'm involved in the sports nutrition side pretty, pretty highly. And everybody's talking about attendance is down, boosts are down. But they don't see that apart because they don't go to the other events that you guys put on. So is the Olympia down or is it yep. doing well? So it's funny. There's so many. First of all, the Olympia is doing great. Sponsorship revenue was up over 20% this year. Um, ticket sales were up. Um, foot traffic and all the various parts of Olympia weekend were up. Um, celebrity engagement was up, social media uh, metrics were up. So every way that we can measure the Olympia, we gave away more prize money than any event in the Mm -hmm. history of the world. Um, So all that stuff was really good. But you make a great point because everybody has a different way of measuring the success of the Olympia. Some people measure the success of the Olympia by how good the lineup was. Some people measure it by how many tickets we sold inside the arena. Some people measure it by how many exhibitor booths are at the expo. And I know that's what you're alluding to because a lot of people do that. Um, And it's a fair point and it's a fair concern that you raise because unfortunately the whole trade show expo model 
it has changed over the last few years. Um, expos across the board um, are on some level challenged to get exhibitors. There's a lot of acquisition. There's a lot of different ways that customers want to engage or that companies want to engage their customer. Social media has become a much more desirable way for companies to spend their money. So the whole exhibitor model has changed a lot. Also the way exhibitors themselves manage their time at expos has changed. Do you remember back in the day when we would all go to expos 15, 20 years ago and yep. we would come back to our hotel room at the end of the day and we'd have this big bag and it was filled with all this free stuff, right? right. We'd have, trick or treating baby 101. It was fun, man. And, and on some level you would leave that event and you would connect what's in that bag to how much fun you had and how much value you got out of it. Right. And as a result, Everybody would leave the event and they'd feel really good. Now what's happened is exhibitors don't really do that anymore. They're not giving away all the free stuff. Um, they're giving away, they're, they're chopping up protein bars, right? And they're doing different things. So as a result, people who go to these expos, they don't feel like they're getting as much value. So then they come home and they say, yeah, the expo was down this year. So it's really sort of, um, there's a lot of things that contribute to the way people respond um, to an expo. There's even, I'll even give you something small. The fire marshal came in a year or two back and they told us that we had to make the aisles wider mm -hmm. at the expo to be compliant with the fire department. Okay. That's great because it makes it easier for everybody to walk around, right? Yeah. You don't feel crowded. But what does that do? You go to the expo, you come home and you say, huh, it wasn't really that crowded this year because I'm used to being packed like a sardine yeah. at these going up and down the, the, the aisles. But in reality, the aisles were bigger. So yeah. there's a lot of things that go into it. Even the technology that we use to get people into the expo has changed. It used to be where we would have lines going down the street for people to buy tickets to get in. Now we have this whole electronic um, entry process. So people just go in without having to wait, which mm -hmm. is great. But now you don't see the lines as much anymore. So you think that traffic must be down. So yeah. there's so many contributing factors to the way people process and measure the success of, of, of the Olympia, of the Expo. But uh, uh, by and large, things are in pretty good shape. And um, yeah, you are correct. Saturday night at the arena, it was a packed house, and we were especially proud of that um, because not that we were thrilled by the issues that we had with the lineup. Look, let's face it. The defending champion wasn't in the lineup. Right. Kai Green was nowhere to be found. Phil Heath was home in Colorado. Um, you know, Big Rami was standing next to me alongside of the stage. So some of the most popular bodybuilders in the world weren't there, and we packed the building. Now – that's something we don't want to see again. We want these guys on that stage. Right. We want to continue to put on the the ultimate you know production and the ultimate showdown. But there was a lot of um, experiences that kind of occurred. It was almost a perfect storm with each um, of four or five different guys having very unique circumstances yeah. that kind of created some issues with the lineup. But uh, overall, we were proud of the weekend, and uh, we're going to grow from it. You have a cool, unique perspective because obviously being with muscle and fitness – going from print to digital and, and everything is transitioned into this new digital era. And I think that's these expos and exhibitors are looking at that. I want to say this though, to the exhibitors listening, like it's on also on you to create a consumer experience at this event. Like you can't rely on Dan and team to create the experience within the expo hall for you. Like your booth should be an experience. I always look at animal and universal, what they do at the Arnold with the cage. That's an experience. That's cool. Fans yeah. want to be part of that versus just staying in line, getting free supplements. The same can be said about the professional bodybuilders that step on stage for you that weekend. You have, a platform to build a personality to build your own brand called social media a lot of these guys aren't doing it and that's fine but then if if anybody wants to complain about there's no personalities like these guys can step up and do it and what i like is some of these men's physique guys like andre and brandon and these guys they're speaking and they're talking not that it has to be wwe style but they can they can inject excitement into saturday night that'll help you guys obviously too and help pack that arena full of people who are excited to see like Phil and Kai, when they you know had their thing, people wanted to see that. It was fun to see. Um, so I think there is an ode to the brands and to the athletes as well to help elevate everything else with them too. And I don't know if well, you feel yeah, the same way. And, and, and especially in a world right now, look, we've gotten to the point where we've become so social media dependent that a lot of companies have really um, lost the art of connecting with customers. And I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of companies, a lot of vendors, a lot of, a lot of brands – um, that have decided to stop exhibiting, not just at the Olympia, but Everywhere. at events yeah. around the world. And eventually they come back mm -hmm. because they realize, look, you can obviously reach large numbers via social media, but it's very powerful when you have opportunities to be in front of 20, 30, 40, 50,000 um, fitness enthusiasts right in front of you 
because there's so much value in that connection that you form with the customer in terms of um, being able to tell your story, being able to collect valuable um, you know, footage for your social media initiatives. Yep. Um, there's just tremendous value in being there. And I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many times these companies that take a year or two break from, whether it's the Olympia, the Arnold, the Fit Expo, whatever event it is around the world, um, they end up ultimately coming back because they realize that they're, they have created a disconnect. They become overly dependent on social media and digital advertising and all that, which is important too, yep. but you can't stop touching your customer. Um, that's the thing that the expos allow you to do. And expos allow you to do that in probably one of the most efficient ways because seldom are you gonna get that concentration of fitness enthusiasts in one place at the same time. So um, I think companies are starting to realize that it's still important, but mm. um, you know, it's uh, every every marketing director has their own philosophy. So yeah. we just kind of, uh, we just kind of roll with it. Some damn millennials. It's all us millennials ruining everything. <laughs> Let's talk about the biggest news in the last uh, couple months, right? AMI sells the Olympia Flax Muscle and Fitness to a man by the name of Jake Wood, who is no stranger to bodybuilding. Str- uh, wings of strength. A lot of people probably, if you don't recognize that, look at your local bodybuilding competition poster. A lot of times, it's on there. Like he, he's promoting these bodybuilding shows. He's an advocate for the sport. Loves the sport. You guys have a great relationship. How excited are you to have Jake there alongside you and, and helping you navigate the ship? So I'm going to be really candid. Um, and I'm not saying this now just because Jake now owns the event. But this is the truth. Jake is as genuinely, authentically passionate about the fitness and bodybuilding community as anybody you'll know. This guy lives, eats, and breathes a real love of bodybuilding. Um, he's been doing things for a long time to benefit the athletes, to benefit the various events around the world. And he's done those for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always provide financial reward for him. He's done it because he's in a position to provide support and he's got a vision and is relentless and he cares deeply yeah. about this community. I can't tell you how exciting that should make bodybuilding fans feel to know that the event is sort of um, been removed from that corporate structure, which by the way, I came from because yeah. I ran the event as part of AMI. So I know, and by the way, AMI under their watch did a lot of great things mm-hmm. to grow the Olympia. So AMI deserves a lot of credit, but to be able to place the Olympia in the hands of an owner who is as so authentically tied to the future and the success of the athletes and the sport and all of it, um, it's very, very exciting. And he's got tremendous resources and a tremendous desire to kind of do things um, to really make an impact and let the, it's funny, the other night we were in Columbus together a couple of weeks back yep. and um, a bunch of bodybuilding fans came over to us and um, they were all, of course, they, everybody wanted to talk to Jake, right? Because Jake's the new owner of the Olympia. And um, I, when they walked away, I said to Jake, I said, Jake, how does it feel? It was sort of one of those like epiphany moments where mm-hmm. we, I said, take a step back for a second. I said, how does it feel to own the Olympia? You know, the most prestigious storied property and really in the history of bodybuilding, you are the owner of it. How does that make you feel? And his response without without hesitating, he said, I don't own the Olympia. He said, the Olympia is the fans. It's for mm-hmm. the fans. And he says, I just wanted to give it back to the fans. And that's not me just blowing smoke. Those were his words. Yeah, that's And cool. I just kind of looked at him and I just kind of, um, I didn't even know what to say. And that's how he feels. He just wanted to sort of take the event and bring it back um, to the fans. And that's, uh, that's what he feels like he has done. And uh, that's layered in every conversation he and I have is, um, how will this impact and benefit the fans and the athletes? That's something he cares a lot about. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Jake's been around the sport a long time. I've never met him personally, but one thing that I've read and heard about Jake is he's a he's a huge advocate for women's bodybuilding and the female bodybuilders. So let's speak to them for a second because there is a discrepancy in cash money for prize money, right? Now, um, I understand like the heavyweights are the the main event. That's that's where the money's going to go, but. Jake being an advocate for females and female bodybuilders out there who see this discrepancies in money, like to speak to them, can we see that? Do you think we'll see that gap shrink between the men and the women? Yeah, it really has quite a long ways to go to um, to fully shrink. But there's no question that a lot of the work that has happened in recent years to sort of bridge that gap is a result of Jake's direct Mm -hmm. influence on this process. Um, This past year, I can and, and, and I'll give AMI a lot of credit as well. This past year, we awarded more prize money to the women than had ever been awarded That's before awesome. in the history of the sport 
but it still has a long way to go. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, a lot of the divisions had $35,000 first place prize money um, in the Olympia and the fitness Olympia and the figure Olympia. And those are all bumped up to, I think 50, 55,000, something like that. So we were able to make percentage wise significant increases compared to where they had been right. in the past. But uh, you know, there's still a lot of work to, to be done. There's also a lot more women's divisions now too, because we are bringing the Miss Olympia back, mm -hmm, uh, which is cool. This which will take place on, on Friday night at the arena. Um, so now when you start adding up the women's bodybuilding and the women's physique and the women's figure and the women's bikini, um, if I'm not mistaken, there, there's actually more female athletes a part of Olympia weekend yeah, than there are right. male athletes. Um, so the women have become such a big part of the Olympia experience. And, um, and I know under, I can assure you this, under Jake's watch, the female component of the Olympia, whether it's prize money, whether it's participation, whether it's visibility, whether it's all of it, is only going to go up because mm. it's something that um, you know Jake is uh, extremely committed to. going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. I've spent most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Gethin, and I am Cage Muscle.
you want to be the best, can't wait for permission. can't wait for anyone. You have to believe in yourself. You have to push yourself to be the best. People doubt you. People will say you're crazy. People will want to see you fail. Don't believe anyone that says you can't. There will be times when you want to give up. Don't. Keep moving forward. Keel O'Neill, brand ambassador of this year. Um, he was actually, I think, in Vegas last year, wasn't he, for the event? Or at least he was touting it and showing off some pictures of his abs. Um, he's a great personality. He's obviously has a huge following on social media. What led to you guys bringing in Shaq to help out for that weekend? Well, first of all, it's funny. A lot of people sort of double had to take a double take. when We made the announcement that Shaquille O'Neal was our 2020 Honorary Olympia Weekend ambassador. Um, here's why we did it. Because let me tell you something. Many years back, Joe Weider always used to say that the only way for this sport to really reach new audiences, to grow and to become um, as visible as it needs to be, is to connect with new communities, yep. connect with new people, connect with new audiences. And um, Shaquille O'Neal is the embodiment of that sentiment. He is not only a world-class athlete, a four-time NBA champion, a Hall of Famer, um, a television commentator, a movie producer, he's been in films. Um, He's a DJ. He, he crosses over. And by the way, he's a very respected DJ, yeah. by the way. Um, yeah. He crosses over to almost all corners of the athletic, entertainment, social spectrum. And um, he himself is on a transformation journey with his own physique. Mm -hmm. And to top it off, he is now the co-promoter of a big event that's being put on um, later this summer in Atlanta that he's putting on with our good friend and former IFBB pro Rock Shabazz. Yeah, so that. that's an event that's going down in Atlanta and Shaquille O'Neal has actually put his name um, and his own money into this event. So Shaquille O'Neal is genuinely committed to this whole fitness crusade. Um, he attended the last two Olympias not because he had to, not because he was paid to, but because he just wanted to come and watch the show. Mm -hmm. So Shaq's into this stuff and um, we're excited about it. We'll have some really fun things planned in the months to come leading up to the Olympia. Shaq obviously has a significant reach. Um, his likability rating is one of the most um, touted in the world. I think on any given time, he has like 11 different commercials running on television <laughs> representing 11 different brands. Yeah. So um, Shaq is uh, as well-known as anybody on the planet. And uh, we're very, very excited to uh, have him a part of the Olympia this year, for sure. That's, I mean, you guys have had great people. Like we, we already talked about Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Him having seven bucks production there was cool. The one thing, I was there, The Rock uh, handed Phil his last trophy. People don't understand, like Phil's a big dude, obviously, but you don't understand how big The Rock is until The Rock stands next to Phil Heath because he like towers at six foot four. And I saw a picture of you and Rocky too. I was like, man, he is a big, big dude. Um, the relationship between you and Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia good yeah it's great in fact um when they first decided they were going to do this last summer when the, the buzz started to pick up i know um uh, danny and i had a conversation and we talked about sort of pledging support to each other whatever we could do for each other i mean it's a unique situation because i think at the time that we had the conversation we were getting ready for the 2019 olympia so there was actually going to be two olympias held before their event was even going to take place. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a unique dynamic, but uh, we let them know. In fact, we actually invited them to the Olympia to actually have Dwayne himself announce their event on our stage. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, we were going to do that. Unfortunately, he had a, a conflict. I think Shocking. Uh, I don't know if it was the movie or, or he was getting married, one of the two. Something was going on, but he was unable to um, to make it. But um, yeah, we're very supportive of them. And, uh, and I know that really... I think you just said it earlier in this interview, 
there's really not a lot of similarities between the events. I mean, I know in the bodybuilding world, there's a lot of focus on um, the fact that, you know, they're having a bodybuilding contest, which is cool because there's a relationship there between the NPC and Danny and, and, uh, and I'm glad that they're doing that. But um, it's not, and I'll just be honest with you, it's not my place to talk about that event because I don't know everything that they're doing, but I will tell you the things that they have planned for that event. It's a very healthy living lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, it's a different type of uh, of an event. Um, has very little in common with what we're doing, um, and it's going to appeal to a very different audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an it's a completely different part of the country. It's on one coast. Ours is on another coast. Um, so there's not a whole lot of overlap. Right. A lot of the exhibitors and sponsors that will support their event will be very different from the, com- the companies that we work with. And um, so it's really not something that we view as um, as any sort of competition. But to answer your question, yeah, the relationship is fine. Um, we're hoping what they're doing is successful. Obviously, right now, we're all in a situation where with these unique circumstances that we find ourselves in dealing with this virus and sort of all the travel restrictions. And it's... Um, it's a tough situation and, um, and they know they have, uh, they know they have our support and, uh, and I'm hopeful that, uh, they're able to uh, move forward with it and, uh, and to do all the things that I know they're envisioning. It's cool. I know generation iron, I believe, or, or some source reported that Phil Heath was going to actually be at their show. Um, and, and Jim Mannion went on, uh, the Arnold st- live stream actually afterwards. And, and he, he obviously praised Phil and Kai and said that you guys would love to have them back in Vegas on the Olympia stage. But, said you also don't necessarily need them. There are new athletes. There are new bodybuilders. So what's your take on that? Obviously, you'd love to have Phil and Kai there. I think everybody would. But are they needed? Okay, first of all, of course they're needed. We all want the best bodybuilders in the world on our stage. But I'm going to circle back to something you said. Um, I know that um, because of Phil's relationship, from what I I understand, I guess – Danny is providing some management support for Phil or there, there's some connection. I don't really understand. Makes it. Sense. And, and by the way, I'm not going to pretend to know all the details because I don't really follow it 100%. that closely. But from what I understand, um, is that correct? There's, there's some, I believe you're right. Yeah. I believe that, that, that makes sense. Cause obviously Phil wants to get into some other things too. And Danny and their team are, are can provide that services. Right. Right. So, um, I would just caution everyone not to confuse that relationship with the assumption that he's competing in that event or any other event, right. by the way. Um, there is, um, I have seen nothing that leads me to believe that Phil Heath is competing this year, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. Um, now, I hope Phil does. I know the fans want to see Phil. And um, quite frankly, I'd like to see Phil assume his rightful place among the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the only way you get to call yourself the best in the world in this sport is to do one of two things. You either win the Olympia or maybe you beat Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the two ways that happens. And, um, and I know Phil knows that Phil has been the Mr. Olympia champion seven times. So he knows that very, very well. And um, you know, certainly it's one of those Holy grail um, rarefied air opportunities to get a chance to compete for an eighth Olympia title and to stand shoulder to shoulder with Lee Haney and Ronnie Coleman atop, you know, the top of the, 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 the bodybuilding, right. you know, mountaintop. And, and Phil has a chance to do that. And he knows that Phil is, is bright. He understands the historic uh, context and implications of this. He also understands that he's not getting any younger. I mean, let's be honest here. If we're talking about Phil, it's been, and by the way, I love that we get to talk about bodybuilding because for about a dozen years, I used to host a show <laughs> called Pro Bodybuilding Weekly yeah. and I used to do this every week. And uh, now I'm so buried in the business of all this stuff that I don't get to do this a lot. So yeah. I'm enjoying this. Um, let's, let's just not lose sight of the fact that when this year's Olympia comes around, it will have been, I believe, what, three years since Phil Heath won a bodybuilding contest. Yeah. Yep. It, it will have been two years since Phil Heath competed in a bodybuilding contest. So it's not a foregone conclusion where Phil's physique even is at this point. The Phil Heath that we all um, that dominated when he was 36, 37, 38 years old, it's going to be a different physique. Now, it doesn't mean it can't be better. It doesn't mean Phil wouldn't show up and just wipe the floor with anybody. Everybody, he might because mm-hmm. he's that good he's, and he's yeah. obviously tremendously gifted. Yes. Um, and I would expect him to do very well um, if he decided to get back in the mix and compete. But there are no indications at this point that he's planning to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But um, I will tell you, it has been a while since we've seen him. And um, I know we all kind of love to cling to sort of those that, you know, otherworldly, three-dimensional, you know, crazy physique that Phil used to bring to the stage. I don't know where he's at right now. Um, But um, I'd certainly love to see it on the Olympia stage and see him have the opportunity to stay claim to that all-time uh, status in a sport that I know he does love. It's amazing. I want to say on bodybuilding just real quick here before we finish up with final, one, final, one final question about the Olympia. But, um, you know, I think about Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson being, like, the best one-two in, in golf. And obviously you're a sports fan looking at the wall behind you. They did a special on pay-per-view, right, where they went to Vegas and they did a one-on-one thing. I'd heard rumblings and actually having conversations with Kai Green. Sound like maybe that was something that those two were going to do. Like, Kai versus Phil, like a special – between those two putting it together, as a bodybuilding fan, Dan, would you want to watch just a Kai Green versus Phil Heath competition? No, because I'm not interested in finding out if Phil's better than Kai or if Kai's better than Phil. I want to find out if either of those guys are the best in the world. Right. Because, like I said, we just said it's been three years since Phil won a contest. How long has it been since Kai Green won a contest? (laughs) Right. You know, you got to go back even further. And there's guys right now um, on that stage um, that are pretty darn good. Really good. And, you know, I know that uh, at this year's Olympia, you know, we have Flex Lewis coming back it's to awesome. uh, make his, you know, big uh, return in the big Mr. Olympia division. Uh, of course, this is Dex- Dexter Jackson's going to make his final Olympia um, at this year's Olympia. So that's going to be an incredibly emotional kind right. of must experience. Um, but I know Brandon Curry, he reads all the press clippings, he knows how people disrespected his victory. And he also knows what he needs to do to be better. And um, I've talked to him, and uh, you know he's going to be very, very dangerous. You know, as is William Bonac, Bonac. Mm-hmm. You know, as is Big Rami. And these guys are going to come um, ready. And there's there's still talk that we're trying to get Hadi Chupan back to this contest okay. again, if we can if we can make that work. Um, so, like I said, I'm more interested to see if Phil and Kai can beat not just each other, everybody but else, everybody yeah. else. And, uh, and I think it's a bit naive at this point to just assume that those two guys here and now are the best in the world. We don't know that. Well, that's the thing. And that's where the disrespect comes, I think, for Brian Curry last year. Is a lot of people said that Phil or Kai would have been in the competition. They would have won. And I, I can't imagine how that would have felt. You know, winning Mr. Olympia, the returning champion is, is not there. But now you've got the fans saying, well, if Phil and Kai were here, then they – I mean, that would just – yeah, I can, I can understand why he's got this burning fire in him to uh, bring the best package possible come September for sure. I want to ask you one final question here. Obviously, you, you alluded to Flex and, and Dexter. It's going to be such a great year in 2020, and, and the Olympia has been held in Vegas for 20-plus years now, right? Is it, would, and I know it's a headache for you on the business side, playing a single city. Would you guys ever consider at some point in the future doing – a Super Bowl type thing, traveling again, going to like New York City, London, different cities and hosting the largest bodybuilding expo slash competition in the world, making more of a destination event outside of Las Vegas or is Las Vegas the home for the foreseeable future? Look, we're always looking each and every year. We evaluate everything. We evaluate logistics, hotel, arena, convention center. Uh, I know there's always been sort of a desire to have it all in the same structure in the same building that provides a lot of logistic value um, for us, a lot of convenience for the fans as well. And that's especially important. Um, Las Vegas has been a great home for the Olympia in many, many, for many reasons, in many ways, and for a very long time. Every year since 1999, the Olympia has called Las Vegas its home. But we have a new owner now. And I think when you have new ownership, everything is constantly evaluated. And I know this much. I know Jake listens closely to what the fans feel because he himself is one. And Jake comes to the table with a lot of ideas of his own. So right now we're committed to Las Vegas this year. We're committed to, you know, the Las Vegas Convention Center and the arena that we use and the hotels. But look, we're going to continue to evaluate. And we have to as responsible um you know, owners and, and operators of the event, we would be we would be doing um the fans, the athletes the vendors, the exhibitors, a disservice if we didn't constantly evaluate. So nothing is locked in right now. We're just focused on September. And, um, you know, we're always exploring ways to make the event better. And uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Well, a mutual friend of ours, Aaron Sigerman, thinks you guys should host it in New Orleans. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I think that would be fun. Isn't that where he's from? Yeah. Yeah. That's his, that's his home. So that's why he wants it there. Um, 
Final takeaway here, Dan. What are you most excited about this year as a fan? Not, not, not as the head guy running all this stuff, but as a fan, what are you most excited about here in 2020 for the Olympia? Well, a few things. One is I get really excited about the opportunities for the athletes. That's really the thing that's a driving sort of undercurrent of everything that I think about throughout the day. And um, not only are we anticipating um, another escalated prize money threshold, which is pretty cool because remember, every year when we set new prize money mm-hmm. records, we're just beating our own record. We're not – there's nobody else that is, um, right. is driving that. We're, we're doing that and we're proud to do that. So, But beyond the prize money thing, which is very important to – I know to Jake, it's very important to all of us. Um, we also want to bring something new to the overall weekend and the expo experience. Um, the relationship that we have with Shaq and a lot of the other celebrities that are working closely with us, including some other strategic partnerships that we haven't even announced yet, um, are allowing us to connect with new audiences and to do things that will create more visibility for these athletes. And for me, um, part of my job beyond putting on, beyond working with a great team, by the way, we have a tremendous team, our producer, Tamer Algindi and um, Angelica Nebia, who's our coordinator, and um, Kate O'Reilly and, you know, Martine and and just everybody who's on our team. And now we're working with Tim Gardner, who's helping us with some aspects of the expo. And we just have a really um, talented, um, relentless group of people who wake up every day and just think about the Olympia. And um, we're trying to do more so that when people um, arrive at the Olympia, it feels different. We got that response in the arena this year. We elevated our arena stage production People left the building that night and they couldn't stop talking about the escalated stage production, about the overall sensory overload with what we did on the stage. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to make sure that people respond that same way to every other part of the weekend, including the expo. And that's something we have to do a better job of. And uh, we have some pretty cool ideas. But uh, um, at my core, though, I'm a bodybuilding fan, just like you, the thought of seeing Brandon Curry and William Bonac and Big Rami and Flex Lewis and Dexter Jackson taking his final bow. And, um, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. And these women's divisions have gotten so good. Um, the return of the Miss Olympia. Yeah, really There's cool. people out there that are going to be emotional when they see those women come back out after five or six years of basically not being a part of it. And um, that's going to be pretty cool, too. And, of course, the Bikini Olympia is getting better and better because these women are getting more and more part of mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. And um, that's exciting as well. So, yeah, there's a lot that we look forward to. And uh, my question to you is, um, will you be in the building this year? Yeah. Yeah, I will definitely be there the entire time. Sure. I will be there Wednesday through Sunday. I probably won't remember Sunday, but I mean, or, or Saturday night and Sunday morning, maybe. But that's how Vegas goes. But, yeah, I, I love Vegas. I love the weekend. The Olympia is such a great event to go to, and I don't care what people say. I enjoy it. I have a good time, and I thought that it was – I thought everything was really well done last year, and I could sense that there was, a, it, like I mentioned earlier, a, a paradigm shift. And I think with everything you guys are doing, um, there's a lot of excitement back in the building. And to, to your point, I'm excited about – I'm excited to see Dexter take his final bow. I think that – I believe he is – quite frankly, the greatest bodybuilder of all time besides Ronnie Coleman, just because of the longevity and the career that this guy's had. It's unbelievable. Like I, I'm looking at the pictures. Like he's the Cal Ripken of bodybuilding, man. I mean, he, he, he's played forever and, uh, it's going to be emotional and it'll be cool to see flex come back and do his thing as he's such, as you know, one of the nicest guys in the entire planet. So, um, it's, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm very much looking forward to what you, Jake and the entire team are putting together for us as fans. Yeah. The, uh, the Dexter story. I mean, Dexter's 50 years old, and he just finished second at the Arnold Class. And he could have won. Arguably, he could have taken first. Absolutely. It's crazy how we so quickly just sort of gloss past that. A 50-year-old man just finished runner-up at one of the most prestigious contests in the world, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. I love that he's going out in his own terms. I love he's not doing one of those things where he hangs on too long. I know Dexter wants to transition to the business side of what we do, and he's already off to a great start. He's got a lot of great events. He's got great people around him. So Dexter's going to do very well. But it's funny you just said what you said about how everybody says different things about the Olympia. The one thing that I realized the moment I got this job, and it's been about a year and a half now, is how polarizing the Olympia topic is. There's something about the Olympia. You know, you could have you could have half the building empty in Columbus. And nobody's going to say a word. You can have three people not in their seats in row 11 (laughs) at the Orleans Arena, and somebody's going to do a blog post about that. And 
there's something so polarizing that people love to love the Olympia. They love to criticize the Olympia. And, um, and we love it. We love it. We embrace it. We love that people are so passionate about the event. Um, it's something that we, um, we don't, we hope it never stops. We love the criticism. We love the praise. We love the emotion. We love the excitement, all of it. I hope it never stops. I hope the, I hope the haters don't stop hating and I hope the passion doesn't stop. And I just think it's fun. And, uh, and I love what you do to support it. And I, and I know you're working real hard. I, I know you got a lot of stuff going on with, with all your media work and covering the sport and providing um, visibility for the stuff that, that, that people like me do for a living and, and the stuff that people um, really around the world. The cool thing about the fitness industry is it's such an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. sandbox, right? Like there's so many different people doing different things that contribute to really a common thing. And, uh, and I applaud you for the work you're doing. And, uh, and I appreciate you having me on. All right, brother. I appreciate those words. That means a lot to me. So if I can follow in your footsteps a little bit, I will be, uh, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So I appreciate you coming on, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Dan. Dan's got a grizzly old beard going on during his quarantine lockdown. I love it. I love it. Dan's a fan of bodybuilding, just like me. And the sport will be back better than ever. And I can't wait for it to be back on top of the mountain. It'll be very interesting to see the Olympia this year. I'm excited for Vegas because literally I was supposed to be at the Arnold in Columbus. I was supposed to be at FIBO in Cologne, Germany. Both canceled. So now Vegas will be my big, uh, my big hoorah of the year. Um, and, and I love Vegas. Vegas is my town. So it'll be good to, good to be there. It'll be good to cover the event, cover the bodybuilding show. And we, uh, we plan doing it to the best of our ability here at fitnessinformant.com. If you like this episode, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Spotify. If you're watching via YouTube, thank you very much. Help us out by writing us a review. It helps out the algorithm some more. People can discover this fitness-based podcast featuring some amazing guests like Dan, Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, Branch Warren, Chris Gethin. The list goes on. Regan Grimes. I mean, I can keep going and going with the cool people that we've had on here. Ashley Horner. Like, I mean, literally so many good people and role models within fitness. Hit that button. Share it with your friends via social. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, and check out everything that's going on over at fitnessinformer.com during this downtime. We're still staying busy, putting out the most engaging educational content that we absolutely can. Uh, I have never been so proud of where we're at as a brand right now in terms of the content that we're putting out. Quite frankly, nobody in the space can touch us right now. And that's not a cocky comment. That's just a confident comment that we are doing things that nobody else is doing because they can't. You know, we uh, we live, breathe, and, and, and this is what we do. This is our life. This is our lifestyle. We put it on blast and showcase for people out there to take tips and tricks from us so that way they can implement them into their lives, live healthier versions of their lives, especially during times like this. Be kind to one another. Help out people. Support small businesses. And, uh, yeah, just, just, just be safe. Be safe is the biggest thing. Uh, and take care of yourself. Until next week, I am F5 Bumble CEO, Ryan Buckeye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody, let's fucking go.